Fate. I am the ultimate warrior. Welcome in here to, uh, I don't know, I'm sure I had like a cool little intro or something going on, but uh, hey, what is going on? (laughs) What is going on, everybody? How are you? I'm Derek. This is Cobain. He's uh, from Seattle. He's on the phone. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Um, So uh, we're going to be talking wrestling here with you. i got a lot of things we're going to talk about, of course, Forbidden Door coming up. Uh, Collision, debut tonight. We'll talk about that. We'll talk Impact Wrestling. but first up, we got to start locally. As you know, okay, Cobain, I've been telling you, Texoma Pro is, uh, I don't know, it's a little gym out in the middle of nowhere. You go into this, like, <laughs> you go into this Elks Lodge that's, uh, like I said, it's just in a field. It's just this Elks Lodge. And then, uh, for some reason, some of the best wrestling in the world passes through. So, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll take you through the uh, locked and loaded card they had uh, last night, actually. Uh, June 16th, depending on when you're listening. But it was a pretty good card, man. You should have seen it. You can go watch it. Uh, you can go to their Facebook page. You can go to uh, the Texoma Pro YouTube. They've got it up. Uh, pretty good matches last night. Uh, we'll get to uh, those in a little bit. We'll just go for the rundown. Started off with... Uh, Kari Wright uh, with Tony Snow defeated Carlos Diaz. Yeah, of course, with interference from Tony Snow. I don't know if that's Snowman Enterprises. If that is that a real thing, I don't know. We'll have to see coming up on that. I, I don't know. Okay, the thing I like about Tony Snow is he's kind of unassuming in the suits and everything that you see him in. He. What I would love is I would love to see him like in different color suits like yellow purple i mean get a pink get a blue suit he had a uh, he had a red suit on last night and uh i would love to see him take advantage of pocket squares you know what i mean like the little pocket squares <laughs> yeah, in the yeah. Suits? yeah that would be you, awesome like who has ever had like who's ever gotten pocket squares over I know uh, Mitch, the former announcer for Texas. I don't think I've ever seen a pocket square, to be honest with you. Well, see, that's right. I mean, Mitch, the former uh, <laughs> the former announcer, he got socks over. I've never seen anyone get socks over. If you can get socks over, someone can get pocket squares over. That's all I'm saying. Pocket squares should be a thing, Tony Snow, if you're listening. Uh, let's see, the second match of the night. It was a, a, kind of a return match for both of them. Uh, Max Volume Beckett, hadn't seen him around Texoma Pro in a while, and uh, Montego Sica, first time we've seen Montego since, uh, well, since he lost the titles at the anniversary show. Uh, yeah, Tico in a bit of a bad mood on this one. Uh, he got the win over Max Beckett. Uh, and this next one, you might want to look this one up, Cobain. I know you're into the whole match rating thing. I didn't... Uh, I didn't give it a rating, but it's a pretty good match. It's uh, International Players Club member Slim7 with Lance Romance. He defeated Gutter Snake Izzy James. That was a good one. You're going to want to check that one out on the uh, YouTube or the Facebook there. And then uh, Gorilla Militia. They were a big one. Gorilla Militia is kind of running rampant over Texoma Pro. But uh, BG Brawley, uh, he lost to the Texoma Unified Champion Edge Stone, of course. Edge Stone... Uh, Big winner in that one. And then co-main event, the technician, Devion, he defeated Gabe Wilder. Uh, of course, Rook Tyler was with Wilder, but Tigo came in. He had the interference there at the end, kind of took Rook out of the situation, allowed uh, Devion to get the win. And then in the main event, I've been talking about it. I was excited about this one. You know, I've been, I've been talking to you all, all month about this. Oh, yeah. No, for like two weeks. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Every time I talk to him, it's just a <laughs> bullet club. Uh, was in town. ABC, Ace uh, Austin, Chris Bay. Of course, they had Mr. Wobble hanging out with them. Uh, they took on Guerrilla Militias, Franco D'Angelo, Big Sed, uh, Justin James on the outside for Big Sed, and that one broke down. Uh, Justin James interfered. Basically, Chris Bay had the win. He had the win over Franco D'Angelo. The referee was about to count three. Here comes Justin James pulling out the ref. It breaks down. People come in from the back. It's uh, basically Guerrilla Militia just taking out uh, Bullet Club members like they did with Chase Owen a month ago. The uh, feud with Guerrilla Militia and Bullet Club really heating up. But then D'Lo Brown comes out of the back. He comes out of nowhere. He sends reinforcements out. It basically ended in a brawl with uh, Chris Bay grabbing the microphone saying, Bullet Club will be back in Texoma. So that was the Texoma Locked and Loaded show. Good show, man. You might want to check that one out on uh, YouTube there. It's on my list at the bottom, but I'll get there and I'll update you on it. Right on, right (laughs) on. But uh, as we talk about uh, D'Lo Brown, as we talk about ABC, that's got to lead us into Impact Wrestling, man. That's got to lead us into, uh, you know, we've been... Go ahead. They recently had a pay-per-view on June 9th. Well, yeah, we've uh, been watching Impact. Against yeah. all odds. Well, see, I gotta say, uh, don't dude, know if this is the first time they've had that or not. Well, I gotta say, I've been, uh, I've been a fan of TNA since I actually okay. I didn't pay for a long. I think I paid like two shows, nine ninety five, nine ninety thing, nine ninety five. I think per week to watch it, and then they uh, they stopped the pay per view, and then they went to the FSN deal. So I only paid twice, but I've been watching TNA for a long time. Dude, I got to be honest. I gave up on TNA. I gave up on TNA for, I don't know, a couple years. And then you, you were the one who were like, hey, you might want to check these pay-per-views out. So we've been watching some uh, Impact Wrestling here lately, man. It's been pretty good. Yeah, the the first one we watched was um, under, no, it wasn't Under Siege. Um, We watched Rebellion. And then we watched Under Siege and Impact All Odds. So that's a good amount of their pay-per-views this year. I think they've only had one more other than that. Um, yeah, hard to kill. So, well, I mean, good matches. They've been on a roll all of 2023. Um, just great quality matches. Yeah. There's, there's no point where you're not interested. No, seriously, good matches, good stories. I I didn't know a lot of the people, but I was interested in their match. I got to know them pretty quickly. Right, right. Yeah, I know. I mean, you were the one who was like, hey, you need to watch this. And uh, so, yeah, we've been watching it. I like the fact and that... And they, uh, they have been growing recently with the uh, acquisition of Nick Aldis and Trinity. So oh, Nick Aldis. for them. Man, don't even get me started. Cody, <laughs> you've heard me on this. <laughs> Cody, I mean, he just took everything from Nick Aldis almost. I mean, if you look at Cody's gimmick, it's Nick Aldis. I mean, it's Nick Aldis <laughs> with a smile. Nick Nick Aldis has kind of a kind of a scowl with his gimmick. Cody put a smile with it. That's really the only thing Cody did different. But other than that, it's Nick Aldis. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not, but let's go ahead and head down this uh, card for <laughs> all, against all odds that happened on Friday, June 9th. Um, so we started off the main show with Frankie Kazarian um, defeating Eddie Edwards. Now, 
I don't remember much of it, but I don't think it was a bad match. Just pretty average. Um, they went for about 12 minutes. So, yeah, yeah. any thoughts on that? That was a good match. I remember, I remember that one. I mean, it was a good opening match, set the tone for the show. Good, A good way to start it. And then uh, we had Bullet Club, or Ace and Bay Club, as they call themselves, and Impact. They defeated Jason Hodge and John Skyler for the World Tag Team titles. Uh, nothing much. Ten-minute match. Um, but it was... It showcased Hodge and Skyler pretty well and made Austin and Bay look even stronger. Oh, they um, brought the titles. And then after that, I got to there see was him. Masha Slamovich and Killer Kelly in a dog collar match. Masha. Wasn't that good, to be honest with you, compared to other dog collar matches. Well, I mean, I don't know if... Uh... I don't and know I don't how much time they the had to work that it, one out, to be honest with you. I mean, just, just watching it, it, it didn't look like they had enough time to kind of plan that one out. Yeah, it looks like it, most of these matches were short. It felt like every match had a 15-minute limit other than the main event. So it was a pretty short show, um, about 90 minutes maybe. Um, then after that, we had the surprise. I did not think this would happen, even though a lot of people did. Chris Saban defeats Trey Miguel for the X Division title. What do you think about that? Now, see, this is what I mean. This was the this was the the point of the show. I mean, Motor City Machine Guns just became the kings of Impact Wrestling. You know what I mean? And it started with Chris Saban right there. And that what a way to do it. I mean, he he wins the X Division title. It's what, for the record, what, ninth time, I think? Nine. Ninth or tenth time? Yeah, nine. And the thing that I've not liked about Impact, what they've done, the X Division title used to be the title. It overtook the NWA World Championship in importance for half a year almost. And then... All because of AJ and Christopher Daniels. And, and, oh my God, so many great matches. So many wonderful matches. And then now it's being used as like almost the money in the bank. So hopefully what they're doing is resetting everything and kind of resetting the importance of the X division title. I mean, maybe they don't want to go. Like that's what they've kind of been doing with everything except for some knockout title, but we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> I know you've got a anyway, with that. continue what you were saying. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Uh, move on because we do have the knockouts title and then there's the main event, right? Uh, well, we have a lot more matches before that, but the Impact Knockout title was actually not on the line. Um, we'll get to that. So there was a eight-person tag match with um, this was the eight-four-one number one contenders match. So it starts with an eight-person tag, and then the group of four that wins will have a four-way to decide the number one contender for the world title. Um, the first team was Bully Ray. Keith, as some of you may know, as Keith Slater from WWE, uh, Jonathan Gresham and Nick Aldis, no, they yeah. defeated Mike Bailey, Moose, PCO, and Rich Swan. Eight four one, yeah. which of course that led into Nick Aldis winning the four way after that to become the next contender for the world title. I remember talking um, about that being an odd format. Yeah, you, you did not like it too much. I thought it was interesting. Um, they've done it before, so yeah. it's something that they like to do, I think. Hmm. I'm not anyway, sure. Anyway, 
<laughs> you, you're not you're not a fan. I don't know. I mean, it was it was interesting, yes, but it and it could lead to possibilities of stories, but it also can get very convoluted very quickly. I mean, they didn't let it to be. A, I mean, to be fair. They did a real good job of keeping it straightforward and simple, which is something that you have to do with that kind of match. So, I mean, kudos to them on that. Um, and to be fair, they're counting the eight-person tag in the four-way as two separate matches. Yeah. Um, but if you combine them, then it would be an 18-minute match, and that would be the second match to only go over 15 minutes. So that's something for you. If you care about minutes, like, Match length impact has pretty short matches, right. so quality short matches. If you're into that, um, next we had Diana Perazzo and Trinity. I don't know if they're going to be a long term team, but they look like for the next couple, at least three months, maybe two. Because I assume what they're going to do is have Trinity turn on Diana, but uh, they defeated Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans. Nothing crazy, but. Now let's let's get into this right here because uh, you've had uh, your <laughs> you and I have had discussions on uh, on the the term knockouts title. Let yeah, it out, man. Diana uh, Perazzo is the current knockouts champion. I think she's amazing. She's probably one of the best women wrestlers in North America, um, and I'm not just saying that. You should go check her out. Um, but the problem with me is that it's still called the Knockouts Championship. When TNA started and WWE changed their, I think in 2004 maybe, they retired their women's title and got a Divas Championship. And th- that's when TNA was like, hey, we can do something different too. We don't have to call it the women's title. And so... They were trying to copy WWE and called it the knockout title. Yeah. And while it was fine at first, I I mean, I didn't really care as a kid. It was 2008. But um, now that it's kind of, it's 2023, I'm older and I'm looking back on it. WWE got rid of their Divas Championship in 2015, 14? Yeah, I think so. Um, So it's been a while and... Uh, TNA has, or Impact has not really changed anything about the knockouts division or women's division at all, um, other than changing the women's title to say Impact instead. Uh, okay, well. But I just think that it's very. It's kind of demeaning towards the women who are working hard to win the knockouts championship. It, it really should just be called the Women's World Championship. Have it be something. Because when you hear knockout title, you think secondary. You think intercontinental title. You think digital media title, you know? Now, okay. Fair point. And I, I agree with you. I think a women's title, it, it has more prestige in the name. But, counterpoint. Impact has had a female world champion. Uh, I think it's just called the Impact Championship. Impact, knockout, those two terms kind of go hand in hand. If males can win the knockout championship, does that does that change your mind, or do you still think there needs to be a specific female title? 
Well, when you put it like that, you're you're kind of making it to where it feels like the knockout title is a secondary title to the world title. Yeah. Because if you're going to have women com- that are able to compete for the world title, then what does that do to the knockouts championship? Like, let's say uh, Trinity wins the Impact Wrestling world title. What does that do to Diana Perazzo? Is she not the women's champion? Well, I mean... At that point, the knockout title would become like an intercontinental title. It would become where yeah, men I, and women could win. I don't like that. It. I don't. I don't. You can have a woman win a world title. A and woman still have a women's championship. Women, but you you still need a women's division. Okay. I mean, fair enough. Japan has done that. They have women wrestle men all the time. I think, if I remember correctly, Pentagon wrestled the eye so Sarah Del Rey famously I mean she made her career true, true. <laughs> I love Sarah Del Rey I mean I, honestly I people have said the I'm women's saying, revolution I'm not saying they should have this women versus men all the time because um, I think it's really interesting when it does happen and when you overuse it then it does, the yeah. story of when it does happen diminishes but that We'll just move on, of, but uh, I want. Yeah, to, we're gonna move on. Yeah, I just wanted to finish my point, point on Sarah Del Rey. A lot of people say women's revolution is because of this person, this person. That Sarah Del Rey, when she became the trainer at World Wrestling Entertainment WWE, everything changed for the women's division, and you can see it. There's a definite mark from when she hired, uh, from when she got hired on to, or from the time before she got hired on to the time after. Yeah, you can de- clearly see it. There's a definite mark there. But uh, go ahead. We got uh, we got a main event, don't we? Two more, a really quick one, real quick. The Ohio Street Fight. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, between Jake, Chris, Madman Fulton, Sammy Callahan defeated Angel, Steiner, and Con- or Cone. Um, I don't know their trio names. I know they do have. A faction. I just don't know it, but there's that match. It wasn't that good, but or I mean, it wasn't that great, but it was it was eh, it was decent for a yeah. Ohio Street fight. Got the crowd excited. Um, got got them ready for the main event that was coming, um, which was Alex Shelley defeats Steve Macklin for the Impact World Wrestling World Title. I didn't expect that. Yeah, me neither. I I really thought they would give it to Saban because he lost at Under Siege. Um, and the, it really just felt like he was going to win it this time. But Alex Shelley, I really just didn't see it. I thought they were I thought they were gonna hold Macklin as champion until maybe Josh Alexander came back and that would set up a Macklin Alexander now or until Nick on, Aldis became in the number one contender spot, which he did earlier in the show. But I did not expect Shelly to come away with the win. That was really surprising yeah, for me. Yeah, so we're, we're going to get Shelly versus Aldis at their next show. I don't know when that is, but there you go. Um, mm. What's funny is on Pro Fight DB, they still have Steve Macklin listed as the world champion. And I did some research. Maybe there was a house show. Um, that he he lost it, but now Shelly is still champion. So yeah, they just they, they need to get on their website if they 
if someone can reach this object, profite DB, uh, tell them to update that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway. No, no, no. What does that move us into? Is that... Does that take us to Forbidden Door coming up next Sunday? Yeah, I was going to talk about Forbidden Door, talk about Collision, but we've got four matches for Forbidden Door that we already know about. Uh, let's see, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, that was the first one announced. That's, that's for that's the IWGP be. United States Championship. That's going to be, the okay. Way. There are two matches here that should be five stars, like classics, just from the name alone, and that's, that's one of them. That's Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, too. Uh, the second yep. one... Brian Danielson, Kazuchika Okada. Uh, do I? I mean, do I need to say any more? I saw someone online's like, "What's the story for this?" And I'm like, "Shut up! Turn yourself around. Learn about well, wrestling. Start." Someone's asking for the story. For one, they weren't watching the show, and was, two, there was a clear trailer that explains why Danielson wants to fight Okada, everything. It and Okada everything. says, "I would love to fight you. Let's go." Uh, uh, let's see the it's other one. The real Hiroshi. best in the world. <laughs> the other match this, announced Hiroshi Tanahashi. People, hmm? Go ahead, go ahead. I was just announcing matches, this, but go ahead, man. You had a thought. This isn't wrestlers just saying they're the best in the world because, like, I don't know. This example, I'm pretty sure he never said this. He actually um, denounced it. But let's say Orange Cassidy said he was the best in the world because he was All-Atlantic champion or international champion now. Right. It's like, well, these are the real best yeah. in the world. Anyone else you hear who says that is, no, they're the seriously. best in the world in their head. I don't see how, I mean, I'll, I'll delve into this point a little bit later. I don't see how All Elite can still bill CM Punk as best in the world when they're promoting Danielson Okada. Everybody else kind of pales in comparison, and I don't mean any disrespect to anybody. It's just these two are so far ahead of everything. At least well, in my you're eyes. Right. And I, I think it's because he doesn't have anything else to his character, maybe, um, if he's able to stick around. I heard that. I heard the interview that he did was on purpose. Um, he said, like, he said all that on purpose because he knew. Um, AEW was watching and they would have pulled it if it was that bad. Well, we'll get into all that a little bit later. We got to talk about the yeah. rest of Forbidden Door that we know about anyway. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi challenged MJF for the world championship. So that one's going to be a good one. Uh, anything with yeah. Tanahashi, On I'm in for. Show, remember, MJF uh, rejected the match, but it was later revealed to be official at the end of the show. So. Yeah. No, no, that's going to be good. I love MJF in the ring as well as on the mic. He is, he's a complete worker right now. He, he really, like, people want to talk 26 about... 26, and he has the number nine best match in all of wrestling, yeah. according to Meltzer. No, no, he is a complete worker, so this is going to be good for me. Hiroshi Tanahashi, MJF. But honestly, I'm not sure on this next one. Sonata, right, Sonata right. put an open challenge for the IWGP World Championship, and Jack Perry. Ah, man, I don't. I am not sold on Jack Perry. Maybe this will do it. Maybe this will. Okay, I did not. The first time I saw Jack Perry was at AEW Revolution against Christian Cage, and I did not like that match. So my initial opinion of Jack Perry was very skewed. I went back and watched his um, 
I think he had a couple trios matches. He had a tag team with Luchasaurus, and I loved him in those tag matches. And I liked him in, um, uh, what was their pay-per-view they just had? What are you talking about, All Elite? Yeah. Uh, they had the... Uh, double or Nothing? Yeah, I liked him in Double or Nothing. Um, so I think, I think he could win me over fully at Forbidden Door. Yeah, it's going to be, I mean... Sonata's a little bit more of a slower worker than you would expect from, or at least that I would expect from a Japanese wrestler. I expect more of a quicker pace, but Sonata kind of slows things down, more methodically. He's an, he's an old-style wrestler. Yeah, so maybe that'll be good for Jack Perry. Maybe that'll help him out and kind of be able to showcase him more in a different light than I haven't been able to see. Now, this is really... Just for Jack Perry to get some spotlight, I think they're trying to push him. They're trying to get him to work with some people. Hopefully that improves his ability, I think, because to be honest, Jack Perry is not necessarily a heavyweight. Yeah. So I don't know that he should actually be competing for the IWGP world title because they really do care about that stuff over there. Uh Uh-huh, definitely. Um, Like Osprey didn't have the heavyweight title until... Last year, I think, because he wasn't heavy enough. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a clear. Zach Perry's not going to win, but yeah, I think it'll be, be cool to see what they can do. That's going to be clear. Sonata victory, maybe a class for Jack Perry. Maybe, maybe kind of that's what it's for for him to get some work, get some reps in with uh, someone like a Sonata. Um, but that's it that we know for Forbidden Door coming up tonight. Well, that we're recording it in the few minutes we have left here. Uh, it is the debut of AEW Collision. A lot of good matches on tonight, actually. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Matthews and Andrade. Uh, I don't know who Miro's going against, but it's probably going to be a squash match on that one. And um, Well, Miro's coming back. Yeah, but. Miro's just going to dominate whoever. I mean, Exodus from... Uh, I mean, you know, we've seen him down here in Texoma Pro. He used to wrestle around here. Exodus Prime, he's been a lot of... Uh, he's been an enhancement talent in a lot of AEW matches. Maybe we'll get to see another Exodus appearance. I'm not sure, but... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and cut you off so we can finish this card real quick. Um, sorry, but... No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> After that, we have the TNT Championship on the line with oh, Wardlow I'm not with Arn Anderson defending against Luchasaurus with Christian Cage. Um, and then after that, we have Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. That's our favorite Tony wrestler, Storm, isn't it? Ruby Soho. <laughs> and then what is the main event? Oh, yes, of course. CM Punk FTR against Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe. CMFTR, actually. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they have shirts now. You have to buy the shirt. I am not a Phil fan. <laughs> I am not a it's fan of all Phil triangle. wrestling. I mean, basically, oh, it shouldn't be AEW Collision. It should be APW, and they should just sell out Collision for Phil and leave it for Phil, and that'll be... Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I've seen people saying that Collision is going to be for the talent that um, doesn't really want to work with other people, like (laughs) Miro, I've heard, has had problems working with people. Someone said Andrade was like a complainer. So I don't know how true that is. I don't know if those people are just stupid, but 
Okay, but uh, let's just kind of talk about tonight before we have to get out of here. Um, let's talk about the main event a little bit. Uh, in my okay, I I think Bullet Club Gold takes the loss here tonight, and I don't know what that does for him. I don't know how well, smart of a move very that is. Cle- okay, very clear to me. CM Punk is going to pin Samoa Joe. The other two are not going to have any really. I think that's going to push them into a tag team title match, but I think the reason why Joe is here is because Punk, has he has creative control, so he picked his first rivalry. I think he wants to go against Joe, so I think the match ends with Punk pins Samoa Joe. Yeah, see, now this is leads me into uh, this leads me to my next point, kids. Uh, but no, um, I, I, we kind of talked about this a little bit on the phone the other day. Uh, CM Punk, Creative Control, Tony Khan. It's it reminds me uh, we got contract negotiations coming up with Adam Page, with the Young Bucks, with Kenny Omega. This all reminds me of Eric Bischoff it, back in the day. It all reminds listen, me of him I, loving. Uh, Hulk Hogan, uh, Kevin Nash, all these people, and giving them so much that he ignored Chris Jericho, he ignored Eddie Guerrero, he ignored Rey Mysterio, and the list goes on and on, and all these people moved to WWE and became legends, all because Eric Bischoff loved Kevin Nash, and is, is Tony Khan loving his Kevin Nash feel way too much? I mean, well... Is he going to lose uh, the elite? Is he going to lose his company because of Phil? If you remember back in WCW when um, Hogan was champion and what, Sting came back during that press conference and challenged him for the belt, but Hogan, and Sting was supposed to win, but Hogan didn't want to drop it the day of. Yeah. I hope we don't get something like where Punk doesn't think he should drop it to this person or... You know, I know, stuff like that. I know. Now, uh, my friend Anthony loves uh, Punk. Doesn't uh, think that anything like that's going to happen. Thinks maybe just issues between Punk and the Elite and all that. So, I mean, hopefully we can look on the good side and say maybe that's it. Maybe you just separate the two and everything goes good. But being a podcast and needing people to listen, let's talk about what happens if it doesn't. <laughs> What if the well, elite leave? What What if Adam Page, the I Young think, Bucks, and I Kenny Omega leave? I think in 2023, the narrative of if AEW goes down, everyone's going to go to WWE is... I, I don't think the elite are mad at Tony Khan, per se. So I don't think they would move to WWE. I think a lot of their roster would go to WWE, but the big names and the big stars, or at least the top... 30 of them are probably going to go to New Japan because Japan has said that they have money to sign people now. They were doing low in the pandemic, but they've risen back up. And I think even Will Ospreay has told people, hey, we got jobs over here. Yeah. And Japan does respect wrestling a lot more than uh, some companies, <laughs> other uh, three letter companies. Uh, but, you know, uh, I don't well, know. We, Maybe also have, we also have Impact. We have, um, well, we have AJPW. Is, we have NWA. People might go to the me. Indies. They might go to AAA. NWA and Major League Wrestling. I loved them like pre-pandemic. Like in that little section of time when wrestling was just popping off pre-pandemic. 
Those were the two best. The first season of Power is amazing. Major League Wrestling back when they were when they had the dynasty, uh, MJF, Gino Medina, Richard Holiday, uh, who uh, Alex Hammerstone. That version of the dynasty, even that short-lived time, Mance Warner eating barbed wire, drinking light beers. They had the Hart Foundation, Von Erichs. That version of Major League Wrestling was awesome. NWA, the first season of Power, awesome. And now I've seen them kind of lose that direction a little bit. I mean, pandemic, of course, caused a whole lot of stuff, but I would like to see more kind of focus on those two going back to that if they can. I mean, Major League Wrestling, just give Mance Warner a microphone, give him a light beer, and let him eat some barbed wire again. I'd love to see it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess that's going to do it. I'm going to go home, get, get, get ready Get the uh, food set out so I can watch Collision tonight. Uh, Debut on that. We'll talk about that next time we do this, if we do this again. Uh, Thanks for listening, man. Cobain, thanks for calling in. Hey, you're welcome. Anytime.